Good evening and welcome to this week's edition of the program SME Circle on Confluence Radio 94.1 FM Lord My name is Yabagi Mohammed doing this presentation for Grace Abraham. And on this week's edition of the program, as it has always been our practice, on SME Circle, I'll be bringing you a roundup of happenings around small and medium scale enterprises in Nigeria. And then we'll have our interview segment of the program. I promise that this week's edition will be exhilarating. In fact, it will be so interesting that you would not want to touch your dial. It is still 94.1 FM and this is SME Circle. Moving forward uh, with the program for today, I want to quickly inform our listener out there that the program is open for sponsorship and advertisement. If you're into any form of trading, any form of sales of goods and services, and you want the name of your business to travel far and wide, this is your best plug. You can call 0806717115 or 0003-603-7595 and one call is enough to take the name of your business far and wide to every part of the country as the reach of SME Circle is beyond Kogi State. So it is on this note that I'm starting with a roundup of happenings around SMEs in Nigeria. For the last one week, I'm sure you've heard that the Central Bank of Nigeria has actually barred the sales of the country's exchange rate to parallel market that has helped the Nigerian currency, that is the Naira, to have a little bit of breather against other world currencies like the dollar and the pound sterling. And so that's a good news that has given the dollar, um, that, that has made Ni the Nigerian Naira to give the dollar a run for its money. Six women that I'm going to tell you about, people like Neka, Onyali, Miriam, Ulusoyan, Yemisi Edun, Halima Buba, Iriti Samuel Obu, and Tommy Somefun are making waves in the banking industry in Nigeria. Six women are now managing directors of banks, a development that pushes against decades of male dominance in the sector. For Nigerian banks, 2021 seems to be a year of positive change as more women are taking key positions in various management teams. Recent appointments have pushed the figures upwards, improving the banking sector's gender balance outlook. Six women are currently managing directors and chief executive officers of top banks, and they are Iriti Samuel Obu of Citibank Nigeria Limited, Tomi Somofun of Unity Bank, 
Neka Onyadi Ipe of Fidelity Bank, Miriam Ulusayan of uh, GT Bank, Yemi Siedu of FCMB and Halima Buba of Sun Trust Bank. That's a good news. And coincidentally, I have a woman of substance, a doctor of agriculture, an agricultural consultant as the personality to interview on this edition of the program. Um, I would like to ask her to just, for the time being, just uh, give us an idea to who she is. So, uh, please, Mark, can you quickly introduce yourself? Good day, everyone. Um, my name is Amasefia Beauty. I'm an indigenous of um, Koki State, and um, I have a bachelor's degree in agriculture, um, economics and rural and, and extension. I mean, I mean, economics and, and rural extension. And um, I run a, um, an agri-extension consultancy firm, um, Sophie Farms and Investment Services Nigeria Limited. And um, I've been doing quite a lot over the years. Um, so we have been working on um, um, agri-business venture creation. We also help to uh, manage um, existing farms and expansion. We do capacity training on um, agriculture, agriculture and many more. Thank you very much. She, uh, we've not started the interview proper, but she wants to give you a rundown of everything that she's into. But don't worry, just stay tuned and she's going to tell you much more that will so interest you you would not want to um put off your radio set this evening so you're still listening to the confluence radio 94.1 fm lokoja and we're still on a roundup of happenings around small and medium scale enterprises in nigeria the Naira gained against the US dollar at both unofficial and official market segments as at last weekend. According to data recorded on abokifx.com, a website that collates parallel rates in Lagos, the local unit closed at 515 Naira per dollar at the black market. This represents $5 or 1.00% appreciation from 520 that it was initially. The Naira, which opened at the black market window at 520 per dollar, appreciated to 517 at noon before settling for 515 at close of business on Friday. Similarly, domestic unit gained slightly against the US dollar at the investors and exporters window which is also known as the NAFEX rates. The Central Bank of Nigeria has said that it will increase its development finance interventions to further support startups and small and medium enterprises in the country. This was disclosed by the governor of the bank, uh, Godwin or MFLA, at the 51st Convocation Lecture of the University of Lagos. MFLA said that 
increased access to finance for startups and SMEs was highly essential for the nation's economy to grow. According to him, special consideration should be given to the strengthening of physical and ICT infrastructure to enable SMEs perform more efficiently and become globally competitive, specifically as users of new technology. He said the policies are incentives that will encourage them to boost their sales. He tasked relevant stakeholders to de deepen reforms that will improve human capital development through skills enhancement and proper linkage of research to SME sector. So, linkage of SMEs to the market that we have always been talking about on the SME circle has been emphasized by the CBN to show that it is very important that up and coming uh, enterprises should always have necessary information to help them get linked to the market both locally and internationally. Furthermore, the CBN has ruled out massive development intervention in critical areas such as agriculture, manufacturing and SMEs. Also, some of the CBN initiatives include the SME Credit Guarantee Scheme, Micro, Small and Medium Scale Enterprises Development Fund and Youth Entrepreneurship Development Program. Others are Agribusiness Small and Medium Enterprises Investment Scheme, Creative Industry uh, Financing Initiative, which some of which are already in public domain. Women-empowered businesses and local enterprises involved in agribusiness, manufacturing, healthcare, and renewable energy will have access to long-term funding from the First City Monument Bank, or FCMB, courtesy of a $50 million credit facility from the African Development Bank. The $50 million credit line will narrow the lending gap to underserved segments and complement FCMB's lending efforts and operations in the Nigerian market. According to the African Development Bank, the funds will be disbursed by uh, FCMB before the end of 2021. That's such a good news. And incidentally, um, I have someone that is into agriculture in fact very passionate about the sector in the studio with me she's going to touch on this issue but it will have to be during the interview segment going forward ExxonMobil corporation announced second quarter 2021 earning estimates of 4.7 billion dollars or 1.10 a share up from a loss of 1.1 billion in the second quarter of last year due to rising oil and natural gas demands as well as best ever quarterly contributions from chemical and lubricant earning grew 5.8 billion dollars over the second quarter of 2020. Capital and exploration expenditures amounted to $3.8 billion in the second quarter, bringing the first half of 2021 to $6.9 billion in line with the planned 
low activity for the first half. As a result, both second half plant spending and the full year spending will be closer to the lower end of the $16 billion to $19 billion guidance range for the company. Oil equivalent production fell 2% from the second quarter of last year, reflecting an increase in maintenance activities, including perennial and Guyana production. Oil equivalent production increased 3% when entitlement effects, divestments, and mandates are excluded from the company. That's a good news for that company and it is on that note that i ask you to tell the next person anybody that you know is interested in making his business um, the idea or the information about his business and services to go far to contact 0806-717-1115 or 0806-0803-603-715 it is still sme circle on confluence radio 94.1 fm lokoja within seconds of this break my guests will come to the microphone please stay tuned You're welcome back. It is still SME Circle on Confluence Radio 94.1 FM. Lokoja. And now we are on to the interview segment of the program. So um, now I'm going to ask my guest to quickly introduce herself. Okay. Okay, I still remain Ahmed Sophia Beauty, your agripreneur and agro consultant in the house. Thank you. So, um, tell us about your journey into the realm of agriculture. <laughs> That's quite a very the long story. <laughs> uh, okay, um, while growing up, I wanted to be a medical doctor, but <laughs> as fate will have it, let me see, Kadera, I turned out to be an agriculturist. <laughs> so, um, I was so passionate about reading medicine um, i applied severally from the nursing school i later got admission to university but along the line i find i found myself in the faculty of agriculture and i could say at that time that was 2011 we are about um, 95 of us in class and i could say technically not more than 25 percent applied for agriculture so the rest of us are from different departments and I uh, was in the later. Um, so even with then, with all what was going on, I wanted to still read medicine. So I was still writing jam. <laughs> I wrote jam like three years into my five-year course. <laughs> Until my 400 level, one day, one of my lecturer, Dr. Adnan Aminu, was giving us a lecture. And along the line, he diverted into the challenges facing agricultural sector. So being um, tax-oriented, I said, okay, let me see what I can do. Because while I was writing those jams, I kept, I was passing very well, but I never gained admission. So I told myself that maybe this is the calling for me. 
Yes, so, and that was why I actually referred to her as um, a doctor in agriculture. <laughs> now, you have a company that is that specializes in agriculture. Yeah. Now, tell us about how the company came about. Okay, like I said, I now made up my mind to go into agriculture. So I was trying to solve problems, not really create any business. In, initially, I had a research on um, post-harvest loss, and I looked at vegetables, which up to now, that product is yet to be launched. I've been working on it for years, like seven years now. Um, so, but along the line, I kept attending seminars, training, and I realized that there's one particular sector that has been neglected in agriculture, which is um, extension. An extension happens to be the bridge between research and application. The, what the academics do research, then the technical agents are the ones that take the result of this research for ad um, adoption to the agrarians. But unfortunately, I, won't, I want to say unfortunately, there has not been much attention in that sector. So I said to major there, and that's what Sufi Farms is all about. Okay. They're into extension, basically. So in Kogi State, you have your own um, company in operation. Yes. What are you into and how, how, how valuable okay. is it? Um, first of all, we do a lot of capacity building on agribusiness and agro skills, um, which is about extension as well. We try to train youths and women on opportunities along the value chain and um, along the line there are people who also have interest in agribusiness and don't know how to, how to go about it so we help them invest their money and we also I also want to um, farm management and farm establishment so we are doing so much but with little effort that we can because it's a private establishment a private so we don't have any support at all it's just my own little effort and the little the few casual staffs that okay. I have. Okay, um, you say you help establish and manage farms. Yes. How many have you been able to um, establish okay. and how well are they doing? Okay, um, currently along, okay, let me say um, 2017, 2018, I, okay, I was so lucky I got a job after my projects even before i served i got a job so i worked as an extension agent so i gained a lot of knowledge there but within that period i already registered sophie farms so i gained a, a knowledge then i came back to police and i started with ojimo farms ojimo farms were the first farms that we established in kaba here so at the moment we have about five farms that we've established and they are doing currently where united farms is in kogi we have a class farm in ajakuta then my own farm myself uh, is a cassava plantation seed multiplication then there's made pack farming in ogidi as well and um we still have more that we're looking at but the reason why i've not been able to do so much over the years is because i also worked sometimes you just have to make some money to pay the bills so within that period sometimes i stopped i just paused work a bit in the private sector and i came back so um how what are the problems that agripreneurs face not only in Kogi State but in Nigeria and how can government help address those problems <laughs> that's a very big problem number one I normally say in most of my outings that even if it's not agribusiness generally any business you think you want to do you have to have a foundational knowledge about it and that's where most people have failed somebody just feels that because you have the resources at hand then you just go into poetry 
at the end of the day, everything goes down. You understand? Poor management, not being able to identify problems at the initial stage or even foresee the consequences if you allow it to be. So I would say basically, first of all, for many people don't have the right knowledge about agribusiness. So, and um, because of social media, the internet gives you a lot of information. Somebody will say, if you grow cassava in five months, you harvest it. And from one hectare, you can get like 50 tons and people just rush into it and they find out that it's all false. So, I'll say generally, the biggest problem is now is that capacity building. People have to be able to have ample knowledge about agribusiness so that even when you now say, okay, funding is a problem, but even when the funding is there and you don't have the capacity, you might get the funding, but the business might not be sustainable. So basically, I would say the biggest challenge we are having now is that capacity building. Anybody that wants to go, as in, and you see people giving training, they would like, okay, you want to go into agribusiness and they give you one day training and you think it's enough. And there's no any internship for you to even apply what you have learned and say, okay, I, because it's a, it's a different thing for me to learn something in class theoretically and not apply it. Maybe while applying, there might be a mistake. So does your company um, help give internship opportunities? To yes, yes. To... I have a project that is coming up now. Okay. So it's um, Save Africa. It's going to be a fellowship. I'm already working on it anyway. So we intend to actually train youth for one week. We are going to train them on... Um, how to, um, they call it a um, farmer school, how to enter a community, make, uh, build that relationship with the community and um, um, establish cooperative group formations, then identify the problem within that agrarian society and also be able to start a business from that problem that you have identified. Not because someone actually taught you fishery in class or poultry in class and you want to do it but if you're able to identify a problem yourself it will take you like it's, it's a stage it's a series you can it, it cannot cannot be one day maybe it's going to be three months internship so within that three months should have been able to identify identify a genuine challenge facing that agrarian community then come up with a solution and that solution becomes your business yes that's a comprehensive way of going into farming and becoming an agripreneur. Ah, I was thinking it is just about planting seeds and uh, <laughs> tending to them. What is it, is it, is it, oh, it's like myself as a mass communicator going into agriculture. So I must have to know those things. You is that what you're you saying? You just have to. <laughs> well, because it's, 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 an, it's applied. It's okay. applied. You apply. You apply agriculture. It's not. It's not about all the theories. Yes, that's why when you are while in school as an undergraduate, your your four hundred level is basically practical all through. There's no exam. There's no test. It's just farm work. So you have to apply everything you have learned over the years. So, um, for instance, I have the intention of, you know, having a farm. Mm. How do I make it vibe? How do I make it? you know functional to the extent of being gainful to me and to my dependents okay first of all if you want to talk about agriculture i would like to fall back to the um um this policy that um jonathan Ebele, uh, Jonathan's, um, government brought um that's the ata right yes it was all about seeing agriculture as a business not just agriculture so then when you talk about you want to establish an agribusiness you should see it from the angle of the business first of all so you don't make a mistake mm -hmm. so in that in that light i would say first of all you should check 
the location, nearness, proximity to raw material, then the market, the labor, and that thing that you are you want to grow. Is it is it is it a challenge? Is it is it short change within that environment? As in, okay, let me give you a practical example so you understand better. There was a time I went for a, a program here in, in Lokoja for a capacity building. So a lady walked up to me and she was like, ah, she wants to go to go into rabbit rearing and sell the meat as well. So I told her, where do you say? She was like, she stays in Kogi. I said, do you know that this is not profitable in Kogi state? Why? Because the Kogi people, Kogi generally, they eat more fish than meat. Because we have it in abundance here. So she said, yeah, I said, okay, how do you want to do it? Because I will tell you that... If your rabbit meat will sell, it will sell more in Benue, Nasarawa, maybe Abuja, maybe that axis of um, Maraba and Co, because they are close to Nasarawa. We know them, they take lots of um, bush meat. Mm-hmm. So she now said that she wants to produce here and take it there to sell. So now she has the resources to produce rabbitry here, to carry out rabbitry here, but she knows that she doesn't have an available market here. Then definitely, she, she, I don't okay, that means you calculate the cost of transportation into what you are going, but into your your the cost of your rabbit your rabbit meat, right? And do you intend to just sell it fresh, or you want to add some value to it that will make people gain interest in it? So she said she does not really know. I said okay, you can actually slaughter it and package it like frozen rabbit meat, or you do it um, in shreds like um, sorry the local one dambunama. Mm. Uh huh. So you have to add that value. So first I will say in agribusiness, you have to look at your environment. What you want to do, is it in tandem with them? Is there labor for it? Is it, access- is it accessible? Then is um, the input for this your business, is it cheaper where you are so that you will not incur cost of uh, um, bringing your input. Let's say you want to do, um, what the, let me say you want to do um, granite, uh, um, Yes, granite butter, okay. peanut butter here. And you know that you can't get a granite here in Kogi State. So that means you, you have to go all the way to Kano, Kaduna to import granite down here. To pursue. Because of the transportation and sometimes because you are not near to it, it might be short of it. People who are close to it might even buy it before you. And again, the people in the north consume more of this granite than people in Kogi State. But because you are here, you feel you have to do it. So I would say that's not a viable business. Cookie. But if you want to go into cassava in Kogi, I'll see the viable business because we have companies around. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> if if we allow her, she can go on and on and on on this issue because it is something she's passionate about. She studied it. She 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 practices it. She lives in the business, and so and I built uh, it as well. You built it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, in going forward. What do you think is discouraging mostly women from going into agripreneurship and how can they be encouraged to actually embrace agriculture? Okay, I will tell you there are plenty of problems, but I'll just focus on two. Yes. Just yes, two. Number yes. one is um, land ownership, tenure. Yeah. Then number two is the funding. The tenure system is the fact that um, people don't believe that women can own land. In fact, even the land I'm using for my farm till now is still rented. It's rented. So that um, land tenure system and ownership is a big problem. And we are still trying to see how we can advocate for it to be a policy. Maybe they can put it into law that women can also own 
farmland, 50 hectares, 100 hectares, and many more. Oh, I forgot Sorry. to tell my listener that um, um, Madam Sophie is also a gender activist. <laughs> Yes, that part of she. Yeah, I'm gender, I'm a gender person. I'm an advocate for women. So it's my gender. <laughs> so, 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 you were talking about uh, uh -huh, the, so problem the, of land the second problem is funding. Okay. okay, let's give example. You're a farmer and a farmer. We walk into a bank and uh, they're supposed to maybe a microfinance or an agricultural bank, like uh -huh, financing. So, the, if, if you are applying for 100 million and, I'm, and I want to apply for the same amount, do you know that they would readily give you than give me? They'll say, oh, madam, what do you want to do with 100 million? Why not go for 50 million? Because everybody feels that, okay, women naturally are fragile and all that. They might not be able to manage it and that. But believe me, you, women actually um, accumulate about um, more than 50% labor force in the agricultural value chain. Women are doing a lot, but they are not being given enough support as much as the value they are adding to the agriculture. So you see, and, and of course, again, women are actually better creditors and women are better managers. Women, women tend to be more credit worthy than men. Well, I, but well, that gender thing is still there. <laughs> okay, you on. see, it's still see. there that they'll give more funding to a man than a woman. But, but I would say that presently, a lot of opportunities are coming because of gender affirmation. We have a lot of opportunities, like um, when they do an adjustment, they'll be like a 30%. Is going for women 45 percent slot for women that women are encouraged they'll be giving more consign we know all that but at the same time i think it's just a stepping stone maybe as time goes on get there so land tenure and funding these are the two problems facing uh the women from going into agriculture if i want to go on my time is far far spent my time is actually um we have eaten into the time we need for this program but i want to thank my guests on behalf of my listener and uh, the duty continuity announcer and the producer of the program for today i want to thank my guests for coming on the program we hope to have her some other time so that she can speak in a more um elaborate manner on those topics that we have on our hands um on behalf of grace abraham and everyone connected to sme circle i want to say thank you for listening and i'll see you next week please take care of your neighbor bye bye